0: You're not working today, Chris? No, I'm bro- Oh, no. But we have a whole podcast to record.
1: <laughs> Great. Well, it's okay, because you do most of the talking anyways.
0: Well, that's because I'm knowledgeable about all the things. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's exactly.
0: Welcome to the No Interior, the podcast where Chris and Stephen, who's me, uh, we, we talk about stuff. Chris, you had a question for me. Burning at your nether regions.
1: Yeah, and I forgot it already. I thought
0: it was from the magazine.
1: Yeah, I forgot it. Here. I'll be right back.
0: <laughs> Chris, you're back.
1: Yeah, no, you know, it's, this is what happens when you wake me up, normal human being time. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry you had to wake up. All right, so question of the week is from Dragon Magazine number seventy-eight, which I still don't know when the month it was because they don't actually tell you when it was; they just go by numbers. So this isn't necessarily a straight up. Uh, D&D question, but after the bat, where you just, you know, blew us all away of your knowledge of bats? You mean accurate information about bats. Got it. Correct. All right. So this one is about copyrights. Okay. Oh, God. So it says, Dear Editor, the Sage Advice section of issue 76 was great help, but it's an appendix, so to speak. Page advice contained about a confusing point. It states that TSR cannot publish some modules because of a copyright or copyright reasons. A Smurf module was given as an example. They wanted to make a Smurf module, but they couldn't for copyright reasons. However, TSR currently has a new series of modules based on the market X one or EX one and EX two, which I have somewhere around here, which are based completely on. And then they're based on a book, and I should have grabbed them before. And they won't even type the type the book in here, because it says based on almost completely on, and then in parentheses another book. <laughs> Oh, the TSR attain rights for their publication, or is it simply the book is not copyrighted? It says in the first line says, this is bullshit. The answer, the first the answer was the name of the book Peter mentioned was deleted from this letter as to not ruin the surprise for those who have yet to experience EX1, EX2. Okay. It's public. It's a public domain book. Okay. So do copyrights apply?
0: Uh, if it's in the public domain, then no, anyone can uh, pretty much work with it. Yeah, well, I mean, and so t- basically, like Pride and Prejudice, like anything by Jane Austen, actually anything written before I think it's 1940, maybe 1960, is uh, no longer in the uh, protected space. It is now a public works, uh, so it's in the public domain, and so you will see a bunch of uh, a bunch of old great American novels uh they have are they are no longer protected now uh certain things have like estates and things of that nature, mm-hmm. which are still working to uh, protect them as much as possible. but yeah, copyright has a set amount of time that it can uh that it can be on. I think it's currently the lifetime of the uh, the copyright holder plus seventy years, I think it is for the estate but unfortunately as corporations in the u.s are recognized as uh peoples for the purposes of copyright holding that means they're basically forever infinite <laughs> because <laughs> the corporation doesn't die and then when they you know uh whenever whenever they're gonna uh uh close and stuff they'll just sell the copyright to someone else and then that corporation's gonna live on
1: yeah i was gonna say until you know which were long overdue for the uh economic collapse that brings this country to the brink of uh civil war when you know a lot of companies are going to under because we are way overdue for that
0: yeah so so the problem though is like lord of the rings is still protected but that was written 60s uh, might have been 60s, 60s or early 50s, 70s so um but it's under new copyright law so no one's going to be able to uh take that out of whoever owns that the states, i think it's the Tolkien estate yeah still. the
1: state still owns that one um
0: but, like, Star Wars is never going to go into the public domain, which is a shame, because that means that, you know, uh, we're we're not going to get fan reimaginings of what that world could be like with, like, big budget money. Uh, all we're going to get is the tellings of the mouse.
1: Yeah, no shit. But uh, if... But for $2 billion, yeah, they should be able to do whatever the fuck they want and tell everybody else to go fuck off. <laughs> yeah,
0: if... if I'm not highly knowledgeable about copyright and uh, all the things. I have a basic idea, but if you're curious about it, there's a great short video by CGP Grey, which I'll link in the show notes, about how copyright works and uh, the problem with infinite copyright.
1: Okay. That, that kind of ties into uh, what we're going to do today, because we're going to review... We're pirating a book? Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're uh, going to review the Essentials Kit, which we'll get here in a second. The reason I wanted to talk about the copyright uh, issue... Was back in TSR day, they weren't going to be able to purchase anything from anybody because they made very little money. Because they were probably still working out of a small office, they may have just moved from his basement. Yes,
0: yes, and in uh, in them getting rid of the uh, the book title, I'm sure that was them trying to cover their asses that, just in case. Yeah, they're like, oh, it wasn't copyright.
1: Yeah, the uh, so. None of that was going to happen. I mean, we've mentioned it before, but yeah, they were sued by the Tolkien estate for using Hobbit. Yeah, but now Wizards has been able to. I mean, the the big tie-in that you see with you know in the media right now is the starter set that has blown up was the Stranger Things start starter set. So they got into a you know a good agreement with them, and you know they're not. And it's not like they bought the works, but they, they have a partnership deal where they're getting to oh, use. Oh, uh, It is an adaption of Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, I think there's a Mad Hatter in that one, too. I got to yeah. look, look that so up. So,
0: EX1 is called Dungeonland, and then EX2 is the Land Beyond the Magic Mirror. I have that one. And they're for levels 9 to 12. They're written by Gary Gygax, and I don't actually know if... I think Adventure in, or Alice's Adventure in Wonderland... Yeah. It was written in eighteen sixty-five. It is definitely in the public domain. Uh, that's why Disney makes them.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I have. Well, I'm going to go back and read uh, EX two. I have that one. That
0: might be fun. One. I
1: maybe I'll run that one. Can I have those? Sure. modules. I'll run it. Yeah. I don't know. That that seems fun. I yeah. mean, well, at least I'm good.
0: interested in what they. Well, God, it was written for first edition, so it's
1: probably about as dry as. Oh, got It's stereo instructions. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no little green box where it gives you like a starting point for like the players walk up to a a, a nice wooden oak door the building is obviously made of some sturdy thing no it's just like players walk up to a door it is 10 by 10 feet
0: yeah yeah so it's (laughs) you know it's it's about as
1: dry as those u series
0: modules yeah it is all right sorry so so yeah (laughs) we're saying hey we digress
1: shocking so yeah i mean now you know wizards is able to go into like partnerships with people and use the current day trends St- yeah. they released
0: things. the stranger things box back Huge. in may which yeah. and we it was never did talk about yeah but it was I'm i mean okay it's, with that, sa-
1: it's it's the same yeah. as the starter set it just i think they mentioned the demogorgon I well
0: i mean it comes with a demogorgon mm-hmm. pawn and there's a stranger things based adventure yeah okay where you go to defeat the demogorgon, demogorgon. but i have no idea what's and you go to defeat demogorgon yeah but in the stranger things universe is just a random demogorgon because there are so many of them. It's true. So plus, it's also a weird plant face monster thing. That's is. not
1: what the demogorgon looks like. Fuck no, it's not. It's ugly as shit in the <laughs> original. Uh, I think there's a picture of it. It is adorbs. Yeah. So actually, the new
0: Arcana book that they released, I think, at the beginning of uh, this year, and I again interrupted you again just for this weird side tangent, but they have a couple of pages where they show the art of the of the demogorgon through like the different. Uh, additions and stuff which is pretty cool as i mean that's something that we do on ours where we show off the different art on our deep
1: dives yeah i'm gonna drive steven crazy because we just got new mic stands and every time i adjust it because i'm not used to it yet he just glares at me like that's gonna be fucking noise yes, i have so- to take out <laughs> i let me go on
0: another tangent real quick and thank you patreons uh we just got oh. new mic stands that will hopefully uh reduce some of the bumping noises that chris does whenever he slams or touches the table or thinks about the table and
1: bouncing my knee up and down like i am now i saw
0: you <laughs> looking at the table jiggling over here
1: so yes thank you patreons
0: next up will be new mics uh actually i would love some new mics we can get some nice yeti mics or something but that's way down the yeah i was gonna say, we'll say that. that's
1: go 2021 so <laughs> hey, yeah
0: that'll be when the new DD movie comes out Excellent. Hopefully, Rude. they tap Joe Manganiello for that. That, that would be. He's
1: got to be something.
0: I I hope, like even just like a cameo.
1: He can be blue lips.
0: I I, I mean, they did. Uh, speaking of the Arcana Art and History of D anD d, he wrote the foreword for that. Oh, did he? So, I mean, maybe he he seems to be getting buddy buddy with them.
1: His uh, his his wife could just be the princess that he has to save, or she'd actually be really good as the evil queen. I don't know. Sophia, do you ever watch uh, Modern Family? Oh. you'd recognize her, and I can't remember her last name, but she's a uh, she is good. quite attractive. Okay, um, she's so am I surprisingly, Why do you say it like that. Yeah, she's <laughs> surprisingly very funny with a like a kind of not a mean streak, but yeah, kind of a mean streak. So I think she'd be good as a as a snarky uh, evil queen with a lot of like good one liners, like put downs. That'd
0: be good. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, okay. No,
1: I do not recognize her. Okay, she's she's probably way more well known. That's probably not the way to put that Sophia than her husband Bergara. for sure. Yeah, way more famous than her husband just because she's on Modern Family and that was a big show. Still okay. is. Well, good for her. So okay. the essentials kit. How long did it take us to get to the main thing this week? Uh, only ten minutes in. All right, we're rocking it today. Yeah. So we'll welcome opening question. So the essentials kit.
0: Yes, the essentials kits. Uh, this is uh, very interesting. Um, I will say off the bat, obviously, Watsy got a little bit more money for this than uh, with their starter sets. We
1: can talk about the. Do you want to start with?
0: Let's start with the periphery stuff. The the a couple of things that
1: you get uh, just we, right off you, the bat. Yep. When you open the box, you'll the first thing you'll see is there's more materials than there is in the starter sets. And I like this. This seems to be built more for a DM than a player with the starter kits. Now, the starter kits do a lot for the DMs, too. But the stuff that you are provided with, I feel, caters more towards a DM. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I have mixed feelings about this. Oh, good. Because, you know, you haven't told me since you read it. Because every time I ask you your opinion, you're like, are we recording now? No, we're not. So I'm not telling you.
0: Well, then I, I, I want you to be surprised. So, uh, yeah, so it comes with. Uh, on the back of the box, it says it comes with a 64 page rule book mm-hmm. that teaches you how to create characters of level well, ones to 6 and to play the game. The Dragon of Ice Peak, an introductory adventure. Mm-hmm. Double sided poster map. Dungeon Master screen. Six blank character sheets. 11 polyhedral dice. 81 cards describing magic items, sidekicks, and more. And then. Uh, you get a discount code for 50% off the digital version of the player's handbook on D&D Beyond, a unique product key to unlock a digital version of Dragon of Icefire Peak Adventure on D&D Beyond, and then you can also access supplementary content for Dragons of Icefire Peak on D&D Beyond, which isn't right, anything. I mean, that's just, you get the free version of D&D Beyond, and then you uh, can also get 50% off digital version of the player's handbook, and then also the adventure, without, uh, as far as I know, without having to pay any more.
1: Uh, on D&D Beyond. Right, which we talked about is another great tie-in with a different company. Because, you know, we had the discussion. I never quite realized that D&D Beyond, did we decide they were owned by Twitch? What did uh, we end up They on? were originally owned by Twitch, but now uh, they got bought out by someone else. Okay. So that's another good tie-in that it's you never saw before. Because they're partnering up with them. And D&D Beyond, they are, I will admit, I use them all the time. And I was a little frustrated starting, you know, a year ago. But they make improvements all the time and i've been enjoying their improvements i've been impressed with everything they've you know been doing over the course of the year i've been using it
0: yeah i still feel like they released a beta of their product yeah i do too <laughs> uh <laughs> instead of like the actual product but i think that's kind of the the, the sign of our times where everyone just kind of releases their beta yeah and then
1: uh, they just keep working and on it everybody <laughs> bitches at them and they're like oh fuck we forgot to do uh, except for windows which they never should have been doing i i agree like you know windows 7 yeah we will release it doesn't really work but we'll send it out there anyways
0: that's fine. um yeah and also uh they give you a a sheet where it has all (laughs) all of our
1: listeners know that that's a sheet
0: (laughs) it's folio work uh that has uh the the unlock codes and whatnot and they call it the official Dungeons and Dragons tool set so oh cool uh they're they're definitely getting pretty cozy and I mean that's a very good move for D&D Beyond from a business standpoint where you get them in early with a uh I mean PHB on D&D Beyond I think is already Thirty four bucks or 24? something. They, they... It was like 30 bucks or something like that. You know, it's it's already cheaper than the hardcover whenever you go to the store. Mm-hmm. And then you get 50% off and it's like, well, why not? And then you also get the adventure for free on there. So it, it's a good move by them. Whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, the polyhedral dice, they're I mean, they're fine. Uh, they're just little dice. Uh, 2d20, yeah, um, I mean, 46. People and need and then,
1: to uh, oh. write some comments for this. Uh, I need a nice set of dice, people. I am willing to spend my own money on a really good set of dice. I have shitty dice. I will I will admit that, and they roll like shit.
0: My wife bought you a very nice, and place. I
1: use that all the time. But it's a, just a D twenty, and it yeah. probably costs more than most set of dice. Um, that was a great gift,
0: ten dollars. Oh, uh. Yeah. uh sh- who did we get that from Die Hard dice okay they do a fantastic job and also uh, from everything i've seen they treat their customers very well excellent
1: so if you have a suggestion on a, another dice company i've talked to some people on twitter and they've had some stuff too i just want you know i am willing to spend the money and i have you know my own allowance that i get from my wife every week um so <laughs> joking not really so the not to sound like it's not an obstacle, but it, it's not, I am willing to spend whatever it is to get a nice set of dice. So please give me some feedback on who you think can make great dice, and I will check out uh, what you just said, Stephen. So uh,
0: the next thing we get are six character sheets. Now they put these on really nice paper. They
1: I, did. It's um, a heavy stock.
0: Yeah, it's good stock. It's probably uh, is that fifty pound cover maybe. Um,
1: yeah, you would know all about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the this is I think where they first stumbled. They don't provide a magic spell sheets, so you can't track what spells you know. They just, oh, it's just the it's just yeah, the it's double just, sided. Just the character sheet with um like the character information, and then on the back of it's like the allies and organization, additional features and traits. There's no spell list sheet.
1: Oh, I missed that. So everyone's a fighter.
0: Yeah, everyone's a fighter. Or you get a <laughs> scrap piece of paper. Um, you also get spell cards. Or no, sorry. You don't get spell cards. No, which. you do not. Yes. Uh, so what you get is a bunch of perforated cards, which I'm not actually a fan of these. Really? Um, well, I like the idea. So what you have, uh, there are sidekick rules, um, and so you have uh, a nine cards with
1: nine different sidekicks that you can have. Which you may be seeing coming up soon in Mii's yeah. Grand Adventure.
0: On the front of it, you have a nice portrait of what they look like. On the back of it, they have, uh, personality, idea, bond, and flaw. And a little bit of information about them. Nothing too crazy. The
1: uh, artwork on the front is fantastic.
0: Yeah, the artwork is... Uh, it's it's a lot like their
1: style for Tomb of Annihilation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, I don't really know what that's called.
1: And I will say this over... I don't know what the technical term is. Yeah, I will say this over and over again. I think the artwork in this is fantastic.
0: Yes, they did a good job on the art on this set. Uh, and then you also have magic items... Which that's nice. I used to do this for uh, my players whenever I worked at a at a print department. I got mm-hmm. like our heavy stock, we were glossy, and I would print it out and like cut it down to size. And then whenever you guys found magic items, I would give you like a nice uh, thing that you guys could look at. And yeah, you know, everyone hold. bitched
1: at you when you quit that job. Basically, quit it to do this almost full time, and we we're like. Where's our magic item? You're like, I don't have access to a twenty thousand dollar <laughs> printer anymore. How much was that per pr- thousand? Jesus print? Christ! So people were sad, but we understand. You got I got a really I, good deal on that, actually. I'm glad that you did this, so I can sit across yeah. from you and listen you complain to me.
0: But yeah, uh, so it's it's nice, thick. Uh,
1: yeah, they made they did stock. a good job on it. Um,
0: well. I think it could be a little thicker. Actually, my biggest issue that is perforated. So, it's not going to have clean edges when you, like, take it out of the sheet. And so, you know, it's going to be a little messy. Um, yeah, but... And also, it might tear care. when you perforate it out. And
1: The only... Th- the, I'm a little disappointed in those because I think they had an opportunity to do some cool art in the front of those, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, because all they'd say is magic item on the back of it, and they could have done...
1: Like, put magic item small, because you know what it is, and put yeah. a cool picture of what yeah. it looks like.
0: Yeah, that that would have been fun. Um, And, like, the like the players can look at it and hold it. But basically, they, the idea is whenever they find a magic item, you give them one of the cards, and they have, uh, like, potions of healing. They have, like, six, seven of them are a potion of healing, and there's, like, a place where you can go and buy potions of healing.
1: Right. Which is, you that, know, And that's really the only thing you can... Buy, correct, there's, you can, in this, we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, well, you can buy, like, the regular equipment. You can regular, buy armor, and weapons. And potions of healing. And potions of healing, yeah. Um, and then they also have uh two sheets dedicated to the conditions. In combat. Uh. Yes, the conditions that you can get in combat. There's no, they don't talk about exhaustion in the essentials kit, which is something that I noticed, but it, it's probably not that big of a deal for most people.
1: Well, if you go into the if you go through the adventure there's i don't think there's any opportunity for them to get exhaustion what well, they condition, travel day and night except for you know yeah. something they do that's stupid but there's nothing that mm-hmm. anything they'll run into or a monster yeah. will uh
0: my my biggest pro- oh one of my biggest problems with these uh cards is that they had a missed opportunity So, on one of the sheets, uh, they have three cards dedicated to combat step-by-step, but it's the same thing over and over on each one, and it's just five uh, things. Determine surprise, establish positions, roll initiative, take turns, and then begin the next round. Which which is for the DM, but the DM doesn't really need
1: this card. No, that's to be given to the players.
0: But the players have no need for this, because this is all instructions for the DM. Yeah. What they should have done, they could keep one combat step-by-step for the DM, whatever. I don't give a shit. But for the players they should have a player cards like available actions so like the attack action the dodge action the help action those type of things and list it out for the players so the players have a better idea as to what they can do on their
1: turn you mean like on D&D Beyond where I can click on it cuz I still don't know my <laughs> conditions after you I'm like what the fuck does this do yes. oh! um I can't and- even remember what my weapon damage is half the time <laughs>
0: Um, so, basically, they have a combat step-by-step for the DMs, mm-hmm. a combat actions for the players, okay. and then they could do a third one that's maybe, like, magical effects, or um, it could be magical, uh, like, what do cones look like, what do spheres, that type of thing. Something that's actually useful for the player, instead of just three cards that are combat step-by-step, that is, like, it just seemed really lazy right. for them to do,
1: where all they did was just, like, duplicate it across... And it it, it it doesn't do anything. Yeah, considering how many sheets they made, I mean, it's nine cards to a sheet. They could have done that on one. Just added one more sheet to it instead of, and we'll get to that instead of yeah. the initiative cards. But you know, and here's a here will be a plug for uh, you know our Patreon. I get that they need to put the descriptions in there, but yeah, I guess you need to know what they do, but we are currently uh, doing a Patreon giveaway, and I like these better, but we all know what the conditions are. I get this is kind of a pseudo-starter kit. Yeah, I mean,
0: the the condition cards
1: I'm fine with. Uh, Players and DMs never remember them. Right, but they they should have included (laughs) the little, uh, what are we calling them?
0: Uh, Condition Indicator Rings.
1: The rings, which we're doing a giveaway for our Patreons right now, where if you are a Patreon, and it's just a free giveaway for this month, for July, we will pull a name out of a hat, depending on what tier you're in, you get more names in the hat, and the winner will get a set of 12
0: Yes, a set of 12, and then also a carrying case for the Condition Indicator Rings. Oh, you're doing a
1: carrying case too?
0: I am, because I'm nice.
1: Back to the cards, this is, well, we'll do the quest cards first, which really and it it ties in for for me this goes into the whole uh goes into the adventure a little bit which does strike me as very video game um you walk up to a bulletin board in the main town and there's just quests sitting on there so so i like the idea of they pull it off and they go see the person the quest is and they get the card for the quest Totally makes sense. Does he have it on him?
0: Well, so the way the adventure works is uh, when you first start out, there are three available quests, Mm -hmm. which are the starter quests, which are good for uh, level one and uh, level one characters. And then after you finish two of those first three quests, you get an additional three quests that you can choose from, which are good for second, third level characters. After you complete uh, two of these, then you get the last three quests, which are the nine cards that you have. And so um, those are good for three, four, five. Like right. that type of stuff, which
1: I think is good. Someone gets the card, and you can just kind of keep a, an eye on. I mean, as you progress in, in the game and get a little more seasoned, like I have a notebook for ours, mm-hmm. and when I remember to take notes, so I can take the notes. But if you're big start first starting off in the game, those help a lot. I yeah. think. I mean, they're very they're very short. They're kind of you know anybody that's played for longer than probably a month shouldn't be using those. But again, well, it's I, I mean, they're fun.
0: Well, no, and, and it allows the DM to have things prepared, and uh, railroad's a dirty word, but it, it allows them to give set tasks for the players so the players aren't just running off right. into the woods all crazy, and then the DM has to come up with improv situations and things like that, which can be difficult for a new DM.
1: And it's not, I don't, that's not railroading, that's just giving them the options that they should have at the level they're at yeah
0: well it, yeah and well and it also it, it provides direction yep. for players because they're not going to know you know if, the, if they're just starting out as well they're not going to know oh we can do this or this and this correct um this way they there is a lot less from the dm like so what are you guys doing instead they're like here's the
1: quest yep. and the last uh handout you get which is initiative cards uh stupid i that that's just a throw in to me
0: yeah the initiative is not that difficult i i think people treat it like it's this crazy complex thing but it's really not it's just you take numbers and you go from top uh descending order Mm -hmm. down it's not that difficult um actually if you have troubles with initiative i will link my uh post on how to uh do initiative correctly um, is that
1: the Angry GM? You've mentioned that before. You use I do this.
0: enjoy the Angry GM. I also wrote about it. Somewhere. Oh,
1: sweet. Um,
0: but yeah, so it's basically just initiative cards that say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Uh, uh, what are you this lay, lay this it took out them you? five seconds to, uh, uh, to print on a sheet. and yeah. it, 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 The idea is that you hand whoever goes first, you hand them the initiative 1 card. Whoever goes second, you hand them the initiative 2 card. It Whatever. It's way too much work.
1: All right. Next up, we have the mini DM screen.
0: Yes, uh, this is kind of cute. Um, actually, I really like the artwork on the back. I would like a big DM. I mean, if I used a DM screen, then I would like a big DM screen of the of the uh, this because I think the artwork's really nice for it because it shows. It is a, again
1: goes to that that artwork is beautiful.
0: Yeah, so it, it shows a bunch of adventurers kind of walking through a forest, and then on the other side there is a bunch of orcs and a white dragon who in the adventure is known as cryovane
1: um and i know we've talked about the, i'm going to keep bringing up the art but art proves to me that they are a taking the time and spending the money to make it a quality product it also to me says two things one that hasbro finally saying Oh yeah, you can spend some money on this. We won't, you know, Wizards of the Coast, hey, you're doing great. Oh, you're not just Magic the Gathering? D&D is really popular now? Yeah, go ahead and spend some more money. Wizards of the Coast is bringing in more money and they're taking the time to make it attractive. Visualization, it's like you try and tell young kids when they're going out to get a job that when you walk into an interview for right or wrong reasons, the person is making a snap judgment by how you look when you walk through the door and you're walking to your seat based on what you're wearing and how you look. You could be perfect for the job, say all the right things, have a great winning personality, but if they've started off with a negative outlook on you, an opinion of you just because of those five seconds, maybe your shirt's not pressed correctly, you don't have collar stays in, you don't have tie a tie, your tie's fucking butt ugly for whatever reason, you're starting behind the eight ball. The art, I think when you pick up the box, and when you initially open the box and you see great art, that sets you right off saying, holy shit, this stuff's beautiful. And it makes you want to look at it more. So anyways, keep going.
0: Yeah. The DM screen has all the information that, a, that the reincarnated DM screen has, except it is lacking the uh, exhaustion condition. So... I guess I just didn't want to deal with it yeah. for the essentials
1: kit. I will, I will be don't let don't have that go very far because I'll be using that in these adventures.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, another little thing that I forgot to mention: uh, it comes with a small little box to carry your uh, the the cards that you get, and also I assume you could probably throw your dice in here as well. So mm-hmm. that's that was a nice little thing that they threw in there. The last thing that we should get uh, that we'll get to before we actually get to the essentials adventure and stuff: it comes with. A map uh, which is really nice especially if you run the starter set uh mm-hmm. campaign often with the lost minds of uh because th- 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 uh, it has mike shealy's map of Fandolin on one side and then it has a uh dialed in view of the sword coast where one hex equals five miles and it shows uh phandalin neverwinter coney uh the crags neverwinter woods like it is very nice and it's you know, it's it's not tiny, it's uh good. It's decent, a good size. Uh, it's not full poster size, it's probably like half a poster. But it's it's a good size. I I think it's great. And it's uh it's awesome that they included it in this kit. Uh it might be one of my favorite things that they include in this kit actually. Um all right, so now we are at the main bread and butter of the essentials kit. The rule book and the adventure. Here's the rule book. Nice. Uh good Good bit of information in here. Uh, It's nice. It's clean. The it is not. I mean, there's a lot of like kind of copy and paste from the player's handbook, which is fine. Uh, But they did clean it up where it doesn't have like that heavy parchment look that the player's handbook has. Yeah, it's a lot cleaner, um, and I like it. And then there's also a couple of new pieces of artwork in here, which are nice. There's a couple of like uh, where they grabbed it from the DMG, but there's a lot of good. Line art drawing in here. So, I, I appreciate that. It's very nice. Uh, the one thing I was curious about, because they made a point that you were going to make your characters in the essentials kit, was if they cleaned up their rules on how to build a character. Okay. How? Well, it, it's they took out a lot of words from the PHP. They condensed it down into basically what amounts to uh, two, pa- uh, three pages. Three to four pages, which... Uh, that's fine. I mean, for new people, it's still going to be a little confusing. Basically their, their steps are choose a race, choose a class, determine ability scores, describe your character. Um, and that, and then figure out how you work together as a, like how did you guys come together as a party? Right. Uh, and they do that over three pages. And really that's kind of the problem though, is like if, (laughs) when you're trying to figure out what you want to be, like you're, you're going back and forth a lot through the book, trying to like make sure you got the right ability scores for what class and things of that nature. So,
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, that it's a learning process, you know, in, in beginning campaigns, you, you know, when everyone's first starting off, I mean, people talk about having a session zero, Mm -hmm. you definitely need to have a special kind of session zero to get this stuff set up yep. you can't send a new player off and be like oh come on back and bring your character sheet because they're in the same boat as you are you want to sit down and discuss this
0: yeah and th- and this definitely assumes that you're going to have a session zero yes where you are working with your players to build their characters so Correct. there's a lot of emphasis on the dm uh having a lot of responsibility to help out their player
1: Yeah, and and especially in these in the okay. first adventure you need to have some synergy between party members because a party full of bards is not going to do well. <laughs> yeah. uh, they do do something which is really just a me thing
0: um, where they're talking about determined ability scores and they highlight that the right or they don't highlight it but the way they put it in order is uh, you generate your character's six ability scores randomly. You roll four six sided dice and record the total of the highest three dice on a piece of scratch paper. Uh, they they put that first, and then they're like, "If you don't like the idea of random ability scores, use the standard stat array which they provide." I yeah. prefer point by standard stat array over randomly rolling for stats, just because uh, I I think it, uh, it creates better better happiness at the table. Because if someone rolls really poorly and someone else rolls really great, there there's going to be that type of like jealousy
1: that animosity might be bad. towards that person.
0: Well, not animosity, because that because that that makes you know like uh, like a conscious decision whereas you know uh, if you roll poorly it just sucks yeah and if someone else rolls really well then you know like like there can be like after you know several sessions where they feel like they just aren't as good as the other person there it, it, it can start building yeah, some great. tension
1: at the table so i'm not a huge fan especially for first few campaigns you want everybody to have the opportunity to be on equal footing, yeah. Versus when we well, play, you we're just like, eh, okay, so you're you're dumb as you're dumb as dirt. Bird. That's all right.
0: <laughs> well, and then there's also the problem that if you roll really, really well uh, for a, like, and you're a new DM, it's, it's like, oh yeah, god, it'll skew well, the game. I, I can't do anything to do. I I just have a problem with randomly rolling for stats, and and I, I think that's more of a a feel of a game, really, than it comes down to you know uh, whether one is stronger than the other. But
1: you let us. Roll for stats. Is that That's just because you guys prefer to do it, whereas I disagree. But you know, oh, sweet, I I always like the the stand I'm, I'm voting for that next time. Just okay. it evens out the playing field. Well, I mean, I always
0: it. offer you guys to vote, and you guys always vote
1: for rolled stats. My vote's not going to count for six, so okay. I win every time. Fuck those guys.
0: That was just a side tangent. Uh, they also provide four races that you can be. You can be a dwarf, hill or mountain, mm-hmm. uh, higher woods elf, a human, or a lightfoot or stout halfling.
1: Which is very smart yes. for new people. No
0: feats in here, so no variant human.
1: Excellent. Again. I know you don't like variant. Human. No, no, no. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just think, again, beginning players in DMs, yeah, it's limiting. You're not going to know it's limiting. These players shouldn't be bored. They should be excited to be like, I'm going to go Halfling Rogue because that's what it kind of makes sense to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it's built for that do that you don't know any better because you've never played before and you should have fun with that instead of being like i want to play an alchemist and i want to start off with you know variant feats for my human that you're not there yet in the game you're just not okay you're looking at me no i I agree it's just (laughs) i agree yeah
0: but uh, like just sharing there's no feats in this book you are given six or sorry five classes to choose from you got bard uh the two subclasses are lore and valor cleric life and war mm-hmm. fighter champion and Eldric knight rogue thief arcane Twi- trickster twixter uh, are, uh and then the wizard has evocation and transmutation so i think that's one of the basic uh subclasses and then also one from the player's handbook for each class so you, you get a little bit more than just the basic
1: out of all those classes what do you think would be the most challenging for a new player to play?
0: Wizard. Just because you have a bunch of spells you have to memorize and um, what they do and things of that nature.
1: What about uh, Eldric Knight? I mean, you have... Because then you're playing, you have limited spells, but then you're yeah. also trying to do that and...
0: In... Yeah, but you have three levels to learn how a fire works. And then on that third level, you you get uh, like two spells and then you're...
1: Excited you know. and confused.
0: Well, I mean, it's just... Wizard starts out with six spells, and Eldric Knight starts out with... You're going to make me look it up now.
1: I am. Two spells? And a- uh,
0: Yeah, uh, three spells known and two cantrips known at third level. That's not bad. Yeah, so it's... I mean, yeah, you you could easily memorize that and whatnot, okay. and then you only have two spell slots to work with anyways, so... Yeah. And each each class only goes up to sixth level in right. this book. If you want to go higher than that, you got to go buy the Player's Handbook or go on D&D Beyond, yep. so...
1: You'd think they're sponsoring us, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. They should.
0: And then there's also a couple of backgrounds. You got acolyte, criminal, entertainer, uh, soldier, sage, and really that's it. There's nothing new in here. Nope. So don't pick it up if you're wanting new backgrounds. or But classes it's a it's a dumbed like down
1: that. version for new yeah. GMs. I mean, I'm using it for the Mii the me adventure. Me um, is the name of the character that Stephen's playing just in case you're wondering why i keep saying me uh so that's not that's the name of the character but there's things in there uh the sidekick rules mm-hmm. i like those now we had discussed that there. there's they don't really line up with the old ua sidekick rules they came up with a while ago mm-hmm. but it gives me two sources of reference to work off of so that I can kind of make it work for my campaign. And I do that was perfect timing for me because I needed those rules for this adventure.
0: Yeah, uh, they provide two pages of sidekick rules. The first page is just the sidekick stat blocks where they have an expert, a mm-hmm. spellcaster, and a warrior, basically a level one uh, that you know encapsulates the idea. The expert has a bunch of skills. He's just a skill monkey. It's kind of flavored off of the rogue, but no mm-hmm. sneak attack. Uh, the spellcaster is either just a simple healer or a simple mage. The healer has Cure Wounds, Guidance, and Sacred Flame. And whereas the mage has Sleep, Firebolt, and Might. Yeah. Nothing that's going to be crazy. Nothing that's ever going to outshine your character. Right. Uh, and then the warrior has a longsword and longbow. Um, they have a plus two bonus to attack rolls. And they can use the protection reaction, which is important when you only have two, two, two characters to get hit by the monsters. Yeah.
1: No, and I appreciate... Sidekick rules because again my DM experience only really being with AD&D and like maybe a little 2e was. If you want, if your party had someone, if you were playing like a, a one-on-one game, which I, you know, I DM'd a couple of those. You, the character would have an NPC that would be with them, but it was just, it was still an NPC. There were no set rules on did he level up, what it was, he, you know, how did you play it? You just played hmm. him as an NPC. Where this really kind of fleshes out more. It's not quite a DM's character, but it's not just some random. Well, NPC the that falls well,
0: the, the players supposed to control the sidekick, so mm-hmm. the DM doesn't have to worry about it. Um, and then, sorry, and then the second page just has how you're supposed to level up that sidekick up to level six. Right, nothing crazy, just you know, increase their hit points and whatnot. Um, it's fine; they they correspond to the sidekick cards that they provide. I kind of, I think this is just going to be a me thing. I kind of wish they provided stat blocks. For more than just three different types, like they provided, um, uh, like you know, there's nine characters. I kind of wish there were nine stat blocks, but that that would have gotten too too much. Uh, a little too bulky for that. Yeah, a little too bulky and confusing for for uh, like a new DM to just kind of go over and provide to the yeah you know, yeah. That's just me. I I of course just want more stat blocks. Um, and then the last thing I'll talk about in the Essentials Kit rule book is just the spells. Uh, they strip down a lot of the spells uh, that are available it's nothing I mean it's just all the spells from players handbook mm-hmm. um, but like half of them available for clerics and wizards uh, so there's no warlock or wizard or warlock or sorcerer spells or um, and there's a couple of bard spells and whatnot
1: I, and some I don't I don't remember this because I read that right when I opened the box a while ago so let's say cleric Yep. Do you have access to all the cleric spells in the PHP, or do they limit the? Um, the...
0: They limit uh, because that would be a huge section Correct. to reprint in a book. They limit it to just a handful of spells, which, which I mean, it it does. It helps out new players no. when they're trying to figure out what they want because they offer six cantrips and then one, two, three, four. Nine first level spells, seven second level spells.
1: Oh, that's right, I remember. And then
0: six third level spells. And
1: I remember what I was going to say about this. I I don't think it's a bad idea at all for new players. It kind of is a little disappointing because it's like having access to those spells is kind of fun because you get to do some goofy stuff. But the spells that they put in there correspond to a lot of the things that they'll need if you're going to play... I peak. Yeah. You know, they're not putting in the fluff spells that they're just going to goof around with. You know, these spells correspond with some of the, you know, the camp- little mini campaigns you're doing in there. Mm-hmm. So I-, I get it. It totally makes sense for, you know, w- what they're doing in here. Um, I just guess playing for a while now, I'm like, oh, I'd rather take that spell and do something goofy every so often. But it yeah. makes total sense. I agree with it 100%.
0: Well, that's and smart. then yeah, and like the wizards, they have probably like double the amount of spells that the cleric has access to because but I mean that's they're, that's they're, their primary. That's wizard, yeah. but I mean even like third level only has seven spells available to them. Okay. Of course, they have fireball, fly, haste, lightning bolt, uh, dispel magic, and then fear and major image. I don't really care about fear and major image, but they they did you know they're it's stripped down to a uh, to some of like the most well known uh, spells for the the character so they're not
1: gimping them i was seeing maybe if they had it on here but they don't the back uh cover has an appendix on its conditions still no exhaustion
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, they they didn't put exhaustion in here um and then the other thing that they do for spells well they don't really they don't have any visual demonstrations about what the error effects of spells do and i always know that's very confusing for people when they don't have a, a clear idea as to how that works but
1: yeah, no, and that I think that should be our next but, giveaway. But this is
0: I think all um kind of focused towards theater of the mind. They never Correct. talk about grid-based combat, nope. so.
1: Yeah, no, and it that But is... again, I have a
0: problem with theater of the mind because this is everything works off of a grid in the player's handbook. And so I that's just again another personal side tangent that I won't get into about theater in the mind in D&D. Now, the final main bread and butter of dragon of ice spire peak adventure yes how about you go ahead and give your thoughts first chris because i've been doing a lot of talking and i know you you sometimes feel like i don't let you talk enough.
1: i'm i'm weeping on the inside <laughs> um that i would if i had a soul the
0: but you're not a ginger
1: <sighs> jesus christ so he
0: also loves them chris yeah <laughs> so i just actually i just I yeah just... see see how it is <laughs> no no i just want to say uh it's a very nice looking book and I think they did a good job with the materials they used for the book.
1: I agree, hundred percent. Because
0: I don't, I didn't think you were going to talk about the materials of the book.
1: No, uh, Again, going back to art, um, the difference between the starter set that you know my daughter bought for me to get back into the game, which was Lost Minds, it's okay. Can Wait. I interrupt you again? What I just want to interrupt you
0: so that you so so that I can.
1: This is and this is what it was like when we did the first <laughs> session of the the where I'm DMing. You just kind of were like, "Oh," and and this is. I'm like, "You're not the DM. Let go of control." I can't do it. You were like, "It was painful for you."
0: Anyways, continue. It was not painful for me. You yeah, just was. took too long, and you weren't describing things properly, oh, and Jesus. you weren't doing things right.
1: Anyways, go on. Nope. I was you... just
0: interrupting you to interrupt you. Oh, you're a dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, the the art's way better. The maps. I think are my one of my favorite parts. I do like the the bore right in like the second page. The maps are fantastic, uh, clear, clean, crisp, simple enough that you have no problems following them, but at the same time detailed enough that they are really interesting. And I don't know why they can only do it in these books, but the rooms, you know, if you go into some of the dungeons. And they're labeled A1, A2, A3, whatever. Hey, guess what? On the pages course, the following pages directly after the map are the descriptions of each of the rooms versus Strahd, where we all got to watch you. Here's the map. Why do I have to flip 20 pages away? Not just because the maps were bigger, but they would put all this random stuff in between, which seemed to get confusing.
0: Well, uh, mm Cursor Strahd just had uh, a, so
1: much information.
0: Well, I mean, each. I mean, we're, we're. I mean, this was the castle that I was having the hugest problem yeah. with. Um, but the problem with Curse of Strahd maps was that they were at a weird angle, and so I was having to uh, uh, figure out which room you guys were in, and like keeping track of that, and then like finding the number. And then because like each level is on its like its own page with its numbers. But then there's, like, 20 to 30 rooms on each level, and so it was, like, flipping through, trying to make sure I got to the right um, yeah, right thing. What I really should have done, uh, thinking back, was put, like, little sticky notes where each level was so I can easily flip back and forth. But, yeah, Curse of Strahd, that was a beast of, like, going right. through the maps and things like that. And then, like, you guys were just, like, jumping around. Um,
1: yeah, we were And
0: annoyed. you guys were like, hey, we should split the party. And I was like, please, no. <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: But we did anyways. Yeah. The but, real
0: reason you shouldn't split the party is because it's more work for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we die. Uh, <laughs> but it the layout, the overall layout of how they put this together is the best I have seen from almost anything in 5e. It's mm-hmm. just, it it makes sense. Now, granted, it's nothing huge. De- it's not like Curse of Strahd. I mean, it's, it's pretty stripped down like everything else. But it, for all those people that are wanting to be new DMs and you read you know, on Reddit and Twitter how people are scared to do it, this shouldn't be scary at all. This is so easy to run because the layout is fantastic. And they've struggled with that, I think, in some of the other things they've they, done.
0: Yeah, and, and to go along with that, uh, I think any new DM will definitely want to read through it first, mm-hmm. and then they'll be able to run it easily.
1: That's and common it, sense, but hey, I well, wouldn't do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but an experienced DM, without reading it, could easily run these adventures. Yeah. Like, all they would need is, like, two minutes to read the setup paragraph, mm-hmm. um, and then they could easily just run it from there uh, without any problems with it, without even having to run ahead. Right. Which, which I think is a, a strong point for this, and you you yeah. And no, then, and I, I get
1: into it later. I agree 100%. Uh even more than the starter kits in the adventures that have been in the, the other the other starter kits, starter kits. It is really they do a really good job of setting this up for a new DM. It just, you know, the opening pages give a good amount of description, what you need to do, you know, okay, there's nice, you know, they make it easy. And Again, going back to what I said before, you you see these things where people want to DM and they're intimidated by it. I don't number 1, I don't understand that. No one should be intimidated by being a DM. Give it a whirl. Just don't play with dickhead players. <laughs> you know, don't play with don't play with people that are going to interrupt you every time because they say you're doing it wrong and can't give up control, not mentioning names, Steven. But stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I am judging you with my eyes. Okay. The uh this should put you at ease. Now granted, hopefully you're playing with some new players because no like, you know, ten year veteran's gonna probably want to do this. But well I mean at that point the ten year veteran should be the DM. Exactly. Um
0: if you know trying to get new players into D and D
1: this should be this should take away all your worries about not providing fun for your players and screwing up. Number one, if you're a new DM, you're gonna screw up. The good thing is is you're probably gonna be playing new players gonna know (laughs) um and if you really want to be a new dm i I strongly advise picking this up the again it's 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 nice i mean i don't know what else to say about it The, the first thing and i mentioned this before and i talked to you about it the maps are fantastic now we were going back and forth on this there's some new artists that do the maps correct
0: yeah well i was gonna talk complain about maps later um, but yes, Mike Shealy's maps that he did for the original starter set of mm-hmm. uh, Phandalin and then like a stri- uh, very dialed in view of Sword Coast, his two maps are in here. The other ones were all created by uh, Jason A. Engle. Uh, and so he did all of the um, adventure maps, but not the uh, the... the and I haven't
1: uh, s- has he done anything else we've seen? I don't recognize uh,
0: his name. Okay. I, he might have just been tapped for this, or maybe he's done a couple of the older adventures, and I j- I don't have like uh, the Queen of the Dragon Horde. <gasps> I know books you
1: don't own. I'm amazed.
0: I don't own. I don't own some of the original adventures. Okay. Eventually, I'll get them. But
1: yeah. yeah. So one of the things. Oh, I... Wait,
0: were you asking me to complain about the maps
1: yet? Not yet. Okay. One of the things I did find interesting because you had mentioned it before was where is it where is it in the opening where they are talking about what you should do as a DM they mention right off the top where they're just like okay so we are providing limited instruction and description what do you do if the players are doing something that you know doesn't quite fit into this they're like make it up make it up as you go along to keep it moving that is one of the best pieces of advice is in this entire thing because you, 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 DMs, new DMs sometimes feel hamstrung, like i got to follow this. And then even new players, as we've said before, players do dumb shit all the time. New players aren't exempt from this. That is, I think, very important to, to tell a new DM is you don't have to follow. It's not fucking stereo instructions. You don't have to follow it word for word exactly. They do something weird, you don't want to get bogged down. Just make something up. And to Mm -hmm. your point, yeah, new DM have to read through this so you can maybe have in your head being, oh, what if they do? Ah, I'll just wing it and I have a base idea to go in and that works. What are you looking at over here? You're making me paranoid. You keep looking at the mic like I'm not close enough or whatever. I'm looking at you're you. You're judging Chris. me. We're talking you're judging I'm looking me. you in the eye. I'm sorry you Which... don't like looking me <laughs> no, I
0: don't. directly in the eyes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah,
1: you know, in the prison yard or any big city on the East Coast, that means you're going to fight somebody.
0: <laughs> I will stare at the ceiling if no, that, that now makes you I feel, feel like better. you don't
1: love me. Um,
0: I'll stare at your balding head.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> so, I'm there with you, buddy. Yeah. So, your thoughts on before we get into the mini quests? Well, All first right. I hate maps. <laughs>
0: no, no. First I'm going to quote Mike Sheeley. Okay. Uh, and this was a tweet that he sent out when Dungeon of the Mad Mage went out. or uh, No, sorry. Uh, Dragon Heist maps went out. At Dyson Logos, Dragon Heist maps are beautiful works of hashtag art. Anyone comparing them to mine is missing the point. When you're listening to the DM and sharing in an adventure with the other players, are you looking at the map? The map's just a tool. Enjoy them and enjoy the game. Okay. With that being said... <laughs> I, I, I somewhat like the maps, but they're very simplistic, Um, which I mean is is cool, Uh, which is good for, you know, uh, DMs and whatnot, just trying to get to the point. I, I think they're fine, Um, but they're very much in the vein of like Mike Schley's uh, Schley. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, They're very much in like the same vein as his maps, but they aren't like the same level of expertise or detail. And so when I was first looking at them, I was like, something seems off about these (laughs) maps. I can't figure it out. And then I was like, Well these aren't Mike Schley's map. Like I can tell they're not because like it's it's not like the same um like like there's just like something off and so I was like looking it's like oh they're Jason Ingalls and it's just like looking at them. I don't know anything about Jason Ingall and I maybe I shouldn't talk before I do a quick search on Jason Ingalls. Um uh he's an artist uh who uh, work has appeared in role-playing games and collectible card games. Cool. I just, when I look at them, I've always, like, I, I really like Mike Schley's map. Like, I, I love his Tomb of Annihilation maps. I printed out, like, big posters of the Curse of Strahd maps because they were fantastic for, like, the players to explore around and stuff. Looking at these, they're they're nice. They're fine. But, again, I, I don't really feel the need to show them off. Again, I, I mean, and, and it's like the, uh, I mean, players aren't going to look at these maps. But sometimes, like, I'll show, like, the players the maps, like, after they do, like, the adventure or something so they can see how wonderful it is. And it really kind of brings uh, to their mind, like, you know, like, what they were exploring, things like that. But, yes, the maps were fine.
1: Uh, you don't do that. You show it to us to be like, you missed these rooms? And that's where all the magic is. You did that to us after Strahd. I remember you being like, yeah, you well, guys that's just ran you guys in because guys we didn't
0: Explore the huge, vast Curse of Strahd castle. Which I mean, you guys were scared (laughs) to search through his castle. I should specify.
1: Yeah, no, we were idiots. Anyways, continue. Yes,
0: but no, the maps are fine. Um, they're they're very much in the vein of Mike Schley, Mike Schley's Mike's maps. Schleagalili. S C H L -l 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 E Y. How would you pronounce that?
1: i have no fucking clue okay
0: um they're very much in the same vein and i w- can't want can't help but wonder if it's because they just grabbed his starter set maps and put it into this yeah. book and then they're like can you something like this <laughs> but cheaper <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about i'm right. also wondering like <laughs> did did mike schley say something to them and now they no longer want to work with him yeah, it, he might be like extremely busy with other things. I wonder if he might be doing like the Avernus maps, or maybe they're just going into a new direction. But then they, you know, got close-ish maps to it. So this, like, looking at these maps, they're going to be good for like running the adventure. But I can't help but wonder in the back of my head, did Mike Schley say something to them, and now they no longer want to work? He probably, with him? or does he cost
1: too much? He that could be the reason, or he may have not sided with jeremy crawford and you went with mike merles on some issue and jeremy crawford was just like
0: yeah i have final say in everything i feel like mike merles does the the art more than jeremy crawford does. i
1: agree but i also you also know I that jeremy know. crawford has final say so i've yeah. been like well
0: he has final uh he's the approvals. rules and stuff hmm. actually he might be like i think he's isn't doesn't he have final say in everything i don't remember oh. anymore he i know he's big and important all right now we're just getting into like yeah. the politics of <laughs> watsy <Wonsi. laughs>
1: Uh, and he's been quiet lately. Both of them have been. Well, Merle says rules
0: designer for Wizards yeah. of the Coast. Okay. so he he does well, that. Then I think it's Chris pert Is it Chris Perkins? that has
1: final say. Well, that. no wonder you love Crawford. He's the he's the rule geek, and that makes total sense to me now. I never quite understood why. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I like rules. The without no rules, is
0: we no. Without rules, we devolve into anarchy. chaos and anarchy. And I like anarchy. By God, I would have a lit show up and kill everyone at that point. (laughs) Sorry. We are... uh, Anyways, (laughs)
1: let's move on to the... Before I make enemies. The adventures. Now, this, to me, it's a series of one-shots. Would you agree with that? Yes, it
0: is definitely a series of one shots, and that's kind of a, a a knock against it. I think is that it is focused on single session adventures mm-hmm. instead of multi session like campaign arc. There, there's like a loose story of like there's a dragon and it's like shots and like it's taken over like the orc uh, castle right. up in uh, Dragonspire, Ice Peaks, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think I just <laughs> messed that up. Ice spire. Dragon of ice spire, dragon spire of ice peaks. Yeah, close. I'm so good at this. Um, like drew like the orcs out, and now they're causing mayhem across Fendover. So there's like that loose uh, story arc that kind of
1: of yeah.
0: Shut up. (laughs) It loosely ties everything together that the white dragon is causing mayhem here, Mm -hmm. but everything is like these like little like little one shot campaigns inside of the greater
1: threat, and And even the greater threat doesn't even. I think where they missed out, and I agree with you, is they try to make it like you know a TV show. Like pick your favorite TV show that you like. They will have a they'll have like a a, a season long underlying season long plot yeah. that they that they develop where you'll have independent it, uh, episodes and then you'll have one that ties into that big plot and a couple more. That underlying season-long plot the plot that's supposed to be underneath all those one shots Mm -hmm. isn't very well developed doesn't seem like it works for me and maybe that's because they're all individual one shots so it's hard to tie those together but it doesn't it's not cohesive
0: i actually agree with you god i you know i was sitting up last night
1: that's me falling out of my chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting up last night, like, coming up with my uh, pros and cons. I had two pros and then a huge list of <laughs> cons. Um, but, I mean, they're all, like, minor cons, so it's not a big deal.
1: Wait, so I actually like this better than you do? I think so. Wow.
0: I I think it's a good
1: box, but uh, there's definitely some for
0: But... One of the things that I I, I was reading through the adventures uh, was like their their way of like drawing the adventures kind of all together with the white dragon is uh, they have a section called Where's the white dragon yep. and like the white dragon is just like whenever the adventurers go to a new area the white dragon uh, you roll d20 and you determine where the white dragon is now it's always at Spire Peak if that's where your adventurers are going. Right. But the white dragon uh can appear randomly anywhere inside of uh Phandalin and like that uh the Sword Coast area and the the worst part is level 1 you might be
1: killed by the dragon. I know.
0: Because uh make you make your first roll on the table when the when the adventurers leave Phandalin for the first time. That's a direct quote from there. So the moment they go on their first adventure if if you're just a uh, new DM and you're not realizing what's going on, uh, you 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 know you roll on the chart and then it happens to be the same place oh, that they're shit. going. <laughs> and now it says that the dragon visits a location that is not its lair. It surveys the location from the sky, which is really cool. Because, like, you can be like, oh, all right, guys, go ahead and make a perception check. And, you know, if someone gets high enough, they're like, you see the white dragon circling around and your level one player's like, that's so cool. Yeah. And then they attack it eventually. Well, no, because it's outside of weapon reach. But then the realization might dawn on them. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. The next thing is it if it spots something tasty, such as a mule, a horse or a character, The dragon swoops down and attacks it. Once the dragon kills something, it grabs the carcass and flies off with it. If you're a new DM uh, and you're not maybe thinking ahead of what's happening, the dragon might just swoop down, fight a character, instantly kill them, and then just swoop away with someone's new character, which I thought was a very funny way of describing uh, uh, tying in the white dragon. I think that they should have added like a small warning. With the "Where's the White Dragon" thing, like mm-hmm. if your characters, like your players, are like low level, the White Dragon will murder the fuck out of them. <laughs>
1: uh, and to be swooping careful, swooping down means death.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it does. Like they do specify if Cryovane loses more than ten hit points in battle, the dragon dishes gauges from combat and retreats to its lair.
1: So uh, you need to roll higher in your initiative to.
0: Yeah, it. and I mean, they have. I mean, young White Dragon. 133 hit points. Jesus Christ. 10 hit points doesn't seem that much to make it run away. But, I mean, that's just a me thing. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, the the average damage of its cold breath is 45. On a DC 15 con save, <laughs> you take half.
1: So that's a TPK yeah. first level yeah. automatically.
0: And I know I'm just thinking of, like, the worst case scenario for Cryovane and, like, it just, like, running away after only 10 hit points and things like that. But I swear to God... <laughs> every day at, like, at least once a week on dnd uh the subreddit dnd or D next or something like that there is someone asking why is the <laughs> the starter set like the goblin uh attack just tpk'd there and it's just like new dms need a little I, yeah maybe maybe i'm just being negative but i feel like new dms need a little bit more hand holding than just good luck it'll run away after it's t- dropped 10 point 10 hit points i don't like you know I forget all the time how much HP you guys have. And, you guys, and I've been DMing for a long time. You guys is, are like level five or six. And I'm like, you're still not dead yet?
1: God damn it. Which is why we're like, yeah, can I have that fucked ring, please? <laughs> Does that I'm tell like, you oh, how harding I am? <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be easy for you. You're supposed to be
0: able to take a fireball to the face. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, here's five more. <laughs> but yeah, so the I'm a little concerned with the white dragon. I think they should have said something like, if you roll on their location and they're like level like they're below level three, then it merely like they see it like circling around, but it does not attack them. Cause I, I am a little worried for new DMs that they might get a little excited wanting to show off like the abilities of Cryovane on the players and accidentally kill them immediately <laughs> and yeah. then just be like, I didn't mean it. let's can, can we retcon that? Yeah. <laughs> See, especially in, after they
1: spent so long working on their characters. See, now I was kinda going a different way. It's similar but different. I was thinking, okay. My thought was, okay, so those those first three adventures yeah. that they can do where they're what first through first, second, yeah, third. After after
0: they do two of the beginning adventures, All then right. they can get to second level.
1: So they specify okay. Which means that when they do
0: milestone leveling in this. Right.
1: <sighs> they they say, Okay. Yeah, I know, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so in those adventures, at some point, they see the dragon. It's flying around. It's not yeah. going to attack them, but they see it, so they get the the flavor of the dragon. Yeah. So, and then in the next set of three, when they're a little higher level, it can attack there. But then again, the whole ten hit points that it, you know, so it, you, it'll
0: the, immediately run away.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like a wuss. So they will see it and will have a little taste of fighting it. And then on the last three, then they you know it's expected that they go hunt it down and kill it. Yeah. So that. The dragon flavor, which sounds weird to say, the flavor of the dragon. Either way, it's not it sounds weird that they get a piece of it on each one. Again, it's that that common thread, long you know, the long play yeah. uh, plot line. They get a piece every time. You don't have to worry about TPK and the you know yeah. second mini adventure.
0: And I get what they're trying to do with it. They're they're trying to make like the world feel alive. Mm -hmm. But I think that they should have written something that was a little bit more um, for the DM. Like, hey, every once in a while, like they can see like Cryovane over there. And whenever they go to the city, maybe like roll on this table and there is attack at like this location. So it makes the world feel alive, but it's a bit more controlled than just. It attacks a character for its tasty street or for for a tasty treat, and then it runs away with its carcass. Like, <laughs> I, I think that might send the wrong message <laughs> to a new DM.
1: And there's one really sad person sitting at the table. Because <laughs> yeah. like, now that a new DM. You're like, well, what do I do with this guy? <laughs> yeah.
0: I I think that uh, they could have written that a little bit better. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, that's that's also a minor thing, and there's only going to be probably one out of 100, 200 uh, people that run this where they TPK their party on the first adventure.
1: Yeah, you would hope not. So... Oh, no,
0: it's going to happen. I just, I'm so tired of seeing those threads.
1: I know. It's like God. Common sense, people. Well, I mean, it's
0: it's difficult. You're learning a whole new system. You're really excited to show off, like the final boss, and like show its abilities, and you, like you don't know everything that can happen. And
1: yeah, but I guess it's... New, new DMs have been players most of the time.
0: But I mean, like, well, sometimes it's just a brand new DM that has never played in the system before, or has never played an RPG before. And so like they're just getting into it. And like I think that's what the Essentials Kit is geared to is right. brand new people that have no experience with tabletop role playing games cuz that's the way it's written.
1: Yeah. So you have a group of 5 or 6 friends that have, that have never, never played. Yeah. So one of they And
0: f- high school idiots and middle school yeah. idiots and
1: college and Right. So they uh, one of them yeah. has to draw the short straw and be the DM.
0: That's, I don't see it as being drawn. Short or short. they haven't.
1: <laughs> they have an egotistical control freak. That has to be the DM. Wait, not not looking at you at all. My eyes are like looking away from you. Yes,
0: right Yes, but your your words are looking at me.
1: Yeah, they're cutting. Yeah. Um, but are, I
0: mean, like like the the, the DM is just going to be like, well, that's what it says in the book. It's supposed to. And it's just you know, I think they should have written it a little bit clearer to the DM instead of just it attacks a character. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In other words, you know what? It, maybe this is a good time in the book to explain rules as written. Yeah, how CR works. <laughs> yeah, CR works. At rules is written as, you know, rules is intended as don't kill the party. <laughs> and
0: that's really, I'm, I'm going to... It's a minor nitpick, but I think it has a big ramification for no, the it adventure. Does. It totally does. Even if it's only a minor nitpick with how they wrote it. I agree. Because, like, I mean, even, like... A DM that has run, you know, uh, a couple of adventures and has a little bit, like, you know, uh, two or three months mm-hmm. of experience under them are going to look at that and be like, okay, yeah, I, I understand how this is going right. to work. Brand new DMs
1: are not. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and I just have a little bit of concern for that.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. Before sorry. we skip forward, because I'm looking right at it because it's in the kind of the same area, the leveling up portion of it. Uh. Yes. I dislike it. <laughs>
0: I dislike milestones because I think it is training DMs to inadvertently be bad
1: DMs. I must touch everything. I know you're looking like, stop touching the mic! I smacked the mic. I, can't.
0: Um, and, and I I shouldn't say bad DMs. Milestone leveling has its
1: moment. Yeah, I, I don't like Experience it.
0: Experience points are, uh, has been proven to be, uh, m- it's more of an incentive. Is it for funner people? or more fun? More Let's go fun, with more fun. More I agree. Fun, for players yes it is easier for the dm to not do math at the end of the session but people have shown over and over that we like seeing numbers increase yes we like uh seeing oh we're we're so close to this you can see in video games it is not milestone it is experience points that you get and people like that they like that way better target than goals milestones. man it's yeah.
1: it's it's about hitting that target goal and getting another one for you instead yeah. of being like oh yeah i killed this guy it's like oh math and the only time i like math
0: actually uh heads up the end of this month i'm writing a uh, an article about experience points might should be using it in your game so look forward awesome. to that no that's um, a good one and and i'll be complaining you know about it but yeah so Basically they're saying characters gain a level each time they complete a starting quest until they reach third level. So actually, I was wrong when I said you had to complete two starting quests. So no, once once you every starting quest you complete you gain another level, which I mean that's how I like to run adventures anyway where mm-hmm. like first levels one one quest. Right. And then you know it's like one session because you know you just you're just you're just learning how the class works real quick and then after that you need to start getting some stuff because otherwise it's going to be boring.
1: Yeah, you can't be level 1 for yeah. <laughs> a long time that's boring yeah
0: and so you know and and i see all the time where it's like players are like i just don't know when we're gonna level up or yeah we've been playing this campaign for five years and we finally hit six level i'm just
1: like what the fuck yeah i don't get that either i mean it's i know it, it, it it provides better control for the dm sorry you were no i agree i mean at higher levels i'll use our campaign the tuesday campaign for example I feel like I've been level five forever and I'm never going to get to level six because it's incremental. Mm -hmm. And is that it's not frustrating. It's not annoying, but it's just like, come on, I want to get there. And to your earlier point, yeah, I may want to be there now, but D&D is in the game of Amazon where you have instant gratification because your shit comes the next day uh, because you're too fucking lazy to really have instant gratification, which means you drive to fucking Target and buy it. Mm -hmm. But the anticipation i know sitting at tables people as they get closer get excited because Mm. they're starting to look ahead a little bit between sessions like when we make that i'm going to take this spell or i can't wait to grab i'm going to you start researching your feats that you can take because you get excited for it it kind of builds the the suspense and excitement for what's going to happen next fuck steven can we get to level six please (laughs) I mean, I I explain to you like whenever I give out
0: experience, like I I tell you guys, oh, you got this for that, right? And then no. if you know, I also give experience a little bit of experience points for completing adventure type things, and right. so like you guys get experience for a wide variety of things that most people don't give out experience for because the book doesn't tell you to, but it should. It
1: did. It. it I agree. I agree. 100%. I could
0: complain for hours about experience points.
1: But... So you will. Uh. So you'll have a really long article for next Monday. Uh. Two Monday. Two Mondays from now. That's right. Yeah. So the, the, I guess, did you have a favorite? Or were you, you going to look at something else?
0: I don't like that they are starting DMs out with milestones.
1: I agree. It it sets a bad precedent. Yes. All right. But so a bad taste. In my mouth. Let's not talk about every single one of these. That's no, quests. Did you have one that you liked the 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 most, or one <laughs> that you'd felt that fell short?
0: Um, all the quests are pretty simple. There's uh, nine main quests, yep. and then there's two or three um, uh, quests that can just happen over the span of the adventure that are just kind of...
1: Yeah, ignore those. Yeah,
0: there's like (laughs) the overarching plot of Cryovane, the White Dragon Mm -hmm. and getting rid of him from this area. Right. Which, I mean... Still, Everyone wants to kill a dragon.
1: Um, yeah. I I still think their there was, development could have been better on that. Yeah. It is what it is.
0: I personally, I like the Lost Mind of Vandelver's uh, green dragon way more than I like Cryovane because it actually had personality, whereas Cryovane doesn't have any personality. It yeah, flies develop.
1: around and tries to kill you, yeah, or like, sheep.
0: Whereas the green dragon, um, like, interacts with the characters and is like uh, taunting them and things right. like that. And then there's also kind of a subplot uh, for the orcs, where there's the um...
1: yeah that was another piece that I felt could have it, they're involved in a lot of stuff. I mean, and there's there's a lot of little things that they can do. Like what what did I there's a they when they go in and you attack orcs at a certain place, I can't remember. If you capture one of them, it can tell the, the captured orc can tell you where the castle is so that you can get there instead of having to wander around because finding him is a little more challenging than just picking a thing off the board and being like oh we're going to do this adventure great Um, so they you get to attack them so they're a common thread enemy plus they can provide information and a little I wish there were more there was a little more color to them I wish there were some goofy stupid orcs that you could run into that would like Be silly and you know talk to you more and like you said for the green a little more taunting you know yeah
0: well and like all like the orcs are described as they attack immediately until they die
1: exactly it's just like no like have them like yell at you and say goofy shit and you know and yeah they're gonna attack eventually but you know the first level characters running some orcs they might even just be like you're not even fucking worth our time and start walking away from who knows
0: well and um. Yeah, so there's, like, the orcs are the subplot of this adventure, and then there's the anchorites of Talos. They're summoning a big boar of death.
1: Um, Which is a badass picture.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a really cool picture of it, Um, but they are, uh, there isn't a whole lot of information about their, I mean, the orcs are driven out of the castle that Cryovane takes up, and then um, they meet up with, like, the anchorites of Talos, who is an angry god and they're like all the anchorites are half orcs and so like they're they're like clerics to the orcs and they're Mm -hmm. just furthering the goals of it again yeah it doesn't they're just there doing mayhem and they're just kind of like put in there so that there's like a a minor villain to encounter
1: and i get that they want to keep it short i get that they want to keep it simple that's and they do a good job at that but uh, maybe we're looking at it through experience player dm glasses but it feels like it should be fleshed out a little bit more it feels like they could have a little more fun with it but as i say that i do realize why they aren't i mean you can get bogged down and stuff like that yeah so for this sure it i guess it does make sense and it fits with the theme and how the book should be viewed and run and looked at but I guess there's a, I mean, there's nothing saying that, you know, if you're an experienced DM and you like the stuff in here, just adapt it to what you want. Add the flavor to the orcs. Develop more of a backstory than that, oh, they were just kicked out of their castle. You know, they could, there's a lot of opportunities for backstory in there. Tie the adventures into each other a little bit. I think there's an opportunity if you wanted to use this for a campaign for a more experienced group of people, go for it going back to what it before I, it shouldn't be judged based on that for what the book is supposed to be used for they did a good job
0: yeah and i i agree that they for 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 it they they did a good job and there's even a section at the end of the adventure where it's like what do you do next and they provide right. like their um a uh, bunch of different of uh, their adventures and you know explain, you know a lot of people like making their own home yep. games and homebrew ideas and whatnot mm-hmm. um though do you want to say a moment about the gorthok the thunderbore is what the uh the Akronites of talos are summoning uh he's cr 6 and i really want him to be cr 5 so that cryovane is the strongest opponent that they fight in this adventure yeah
1: yeah, that does um, seem a little odd to me.
0: Yeah, because they're both CR six. I would prefer if it was Cryovane that was the strongest thing that they fought. Now they are, you know, ideally going to be level five, level six by the time they finally face Cryovane. But still, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I just think he should be the strongest in the force because he is the one that drove the orcs out. If there's something that is his equal, then I mean, yep,
1: meh. And they, they do the end of the book. There's a couple little other tidbits like you talked about, but moving into the stat blocks smart you know and they set it up where things you're going to run into you don't need the books Mm. everything they need is for the monsters and the npcs and so on and so forth is in the back of the book i love that Mm -hmm. good pictures so that you can give descriptions to your characters um great i think that's fantastic we were
0: talking about adventures and we got distracted yeah we were the adventures are really nice uh they are at most three pages Mm -hmm. really um Actually, there might have been a four-page one in there, but it was nice that they, you know, kept everything to two, three, maybe four pages for each adventure. So it was very easy just to have the section in the book that you're at, and then you just go back and forth yep. looking at that. Um, there is the problem that some of the monsters cast spells and things of that nature, but the spells aren't listed in the adventure, so you're going to have to ask your players who are using the rules book so that they can look at their spells for the rules book back, so you can look at the spell. And figure out how it, what it works, and then you hand it back to the part. Like there's going to be a lot oh. of back and forth with that because I missed that. Yeah, That's... the rules are only in the rule book, and then there's nothing in the adventure. So you, uh, the DM's going to have the adventure book. Assume that the players going to be holding on to the uh, the the uh, the rules book because they need to know how spells work. But whenever there's like a rules question. Or how spells work. Yeah. The DM's going to have to grab it from the... Like, I, and that was one of the missteps, I think, that they did with the cards. They should have done spell cards. They should have... Yes. Mean, there weren't that many spells. They could have easily... you know, Maybe 10 sheets of just spell cards. Yeah. And they could have done like smaller cards for the spells. And that way, it's just... You hand it to the players. The clerics can put all their spells out yep. that they can learn. And then they pick a couple that they can prepare. And then they go... The rest of it goes in the pile. And it... Sh- there's less back and forth with the rules book.
1: Oh, that would have been a great idea. Yeah. And, no, that's what I, I like. And, you know, even take the initiative cards out because, again, they're meh. Um, and, yeah. Or uh, I don't know off the top of my head if all the spells
0: are listed in there was like the basic spells. But some of the class options were not like the basic right. class options. Mm-hmm. But provide uh, to the players like a code that they like that could work up to like six times that they could put into D and D beyond so that they could have access to all of those extra class options. Oh yeah. That way they, you know, they have a chance to that. Uh, I mean, this is a good opportunity for D and D beyond where they can just go in and uh, add everything in there, but they're limited up to level six until you know, they buy like a player's handbook or something like
1: that. Yeah. No, they could, you know, the, the code could be for that and it's just a separate section. So they have access just to the things that are in I Mm-hmm. And that would be actually that would be a good idea because if they just have that information basically on access to it, then they are going to be more likely, I would say, to yeah, probably players, buy right? the player's handbook and stuff directly from them if they like, you know, what the interface is with it. Yeah, that, that, that,
0: yeah. yeah. right now it's just, you know... A copy of the player's handbook, which the DM's probably going to get, but then the DM has to tell the players how things work with the player's handbook. And I think that was a bit of a misstep with um, uh, the rules book and the adventure book, that there should have been something, because there's going to be a lot of back and forth with that rules book, if that's all they have. Um, But yeah, the adventures are nice. They're short. Um, There are very few descriptive texts, which helps keep everything down to the two, three pages uh, required for each thing. None of the adventures really stood out to me as being amazing or great. They're, they're all just... They're solid. Yeah, they're, they're good, solid couple of adventures. Yeah. They're uh, almost generic in nature. I think my least favorite one, um, and this is going to go against, I think, a lot of people's opinions, is guard, Where you go to a gnome uh, place and there's like random magic effects that can happen. And yes, there's a lot of role playing with gnomes, but it's... And there's a mimic. Uh, spoilers, of course. Uh, the uh, eating the gnomes, and so you know it's it's kind of an investigation. But I was reading through it, and it was, it was the least interesting one to me. Even though I think it was set up to be one of the more interesting adventures to run,
1: I I I kind of disagree with you on that. Yeah,
0: I I, I think i have
1: the the that's the I get it. Yeah. I understand why you're saying that because it didn't again as a fit. It moves away from the here's everything you need to know as a new DM. This is where the DM gets to flex his creative muscles a little more than anything else. He can have some fun with the gnomes. you know. Yeah. He can he can develop the flavor of the gnomes a little bit here. He can do some improv. He can he might have to, like it says in the mean keep it moving along so he can do some stuff. It, the adventures, uh, and it's funny, when I was looking at this, I thought of what we were doing with the Leaf trilogy that Mm. we're doing. They are trying to, the adventures, like we said, they're solid, but each one, not each one, but they try and show different types of adventures, different ways, you know, like for Leaf, for example, we did just a standard dungeon crawl, we did a murder mystery, and now we're doing a hex crawl. They try and like this. That's a different kind of the improv, the interaction, the role playing is different than just a dungeon dive. They're trying to expose you to different styles of play. Yeah, which well, I think is good in the beginning.
0: I think, thinking about it, uh, that my biggest problem with it is
1: that they make the gnomes
0: ridiculous. Like, yeah, they're gnomes. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking midgets. I of think course, that's they're ridiculous. stereotypical about what gnomes can be. Yeah, and I have a problem with how they're representing gnomes in this I guess Oh,
1: Jesus so you're 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 basically uh, a gnome's rights person.
0: Well <laughs> I'm, I, I guess like it's it's not breaking any new boundaries nope. uh, and like there's a part in it where like one gnome is just so taken up with their invention that it just immediately starts trying to kill the characters with their new inventions <laughs> like <know>. the fuck <laughs> these aren't evil creatures what I don't understand what's going on. And I, 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 yeah, I just, I don't like that adventure. Well,
1: and I, but again, it, I, I think I'm gonna have like the. You have the experienced DM glasses on right now. It, I but,
0: think everyone's going to disagree with me, though. I think everyone's going to be like, "Oh, this is the best one" because it's so wacky and fun. It's just right. like,
1: and I, it's not that I disagree with you so much as I think it's again, it allows the DM all of a sudden to have a little bit more fun than he may have felt that he could have before now i get what you're saying but again remember what it is think about how you're limited in the character classes you can play you know they are stripping it down you can't all of a sudden try and get into the history of the gnomes you're playing them exactly how everybody envisions them yeah i just I mean, most of this is basically just a dungeon crawl for each one. Yeah.
0: I, I And I think it's well, like each one, one has of the a little different rare flavor. one where it's actually role-playing, and then it's it's just wacky, fun role-playing. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, we're kooky, and weird gnomes, and we're, we're all sorts of weird up in here. And it's just,
1: I don't know if they're necessarily <sighs> like all... They're, they're the pretty much dungeon. all, like,
0: here's the building, here are the monsters where they are, go through the, the building and clear <sighs> it out. There's a couple where it's like, you should be stealthy when you go through this, or else right. you will get murdered. Exactly. But I think that's like one of them where they're rescuing a farmer. And even then, really, if yeah, they're if it's... they're like third level at least, then they're gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess I guess maybe I didn't explain it correctly. There's I think that for the type, there's like maybe three or four different types, like role-playing, you know, like you said, stealthy. There is Dungeon Crawl, and there's one other one I can't think of off the top of my head. But there's also I guess what I'm looking at is, okay, there's somewhere you're in the forest. There's somewhere you're in a town. There's somewhere you're in a dungeon. One of the subplots has a temple. You know, they use different locales, too. they use different locales, but it still all feels like a dungeon. Yeah, but it's not. It may have the feel, but you're exposing them to different terrains, which I think is another important thing to have. But all the terrains
0: are the same. They don't do anything different at each terrain. It's just, oh, here's a different type of flavor.
1: Yeah, but... Yeah, exactly.
0: So like, there, there's no like, oh, there's going to be difficult terrain because the ground's covered in snow. It's
1: no, snow. it could be. Ooh, I maybe shouldn't have used the fireball that works so well outside in the encampment in the dungeon where it's only five feet.
0: I, but there's no splashback. There's no like fireball only does forty feet
1: wide. Exactly, but the thing is, you there are differences between this is an how you old D and know, which is uh, splashback should come back by the way. Yeah.
0: I, I just think some of the adventures are, they're fine, but I think that they leave a lot to be desired and are a bit lackluster compared to other WotC adventures. But, I mean, it's also an introductory adventure, so it's it's not that big of a deal. It's, if I had to choose between the starter set or the essentials kit for someone to pick up, I would tell them to get up both run the adventure of the starter set, but use a lot of the materials from the essentials kit. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, because I like, I like that the adventure for the starter set is, feels more like a grand adventure that someone's going on. Whereas the adventures of the essentials kit just feels like a bunch of things are just like thrown together. And then there's apparently a white dragon flying around sometimes. Okay. I can,
1: I can, I can see that. I personally think that this one for a beginner, especially a beginner DM Really makes it easy. It limits the amount of fear and intimidation a DM could go in to run it because it's, again, it is a bunch of mini quests. So they could run one. DM mm. can go back and be like, I've learned from my mistakes and move forward.
0: Yeah, or trade off on being the DM for each adventure because exactly. it's like set kind of contained things. Yeah. So, yes. I
1: Now, I guess here comes the big question. Is it worth, I got this on Amazon, it's 34 bucks, 33 34 bucks.
0: 34 Well, that's because someone was reselling it. If you go to Target, it's only 25
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I did get it from Target. I did. I actually did because okay. Target had the earlier We You were looking
0: to... on Amazon where someone was reselling
1: it. Right. We had the conversation and I I, I had to I ordered it and then had my wife pick it up.
0: <laughs> from Target.
1: Got it. Yeah, and you're right. It was 25 and change, I think after tax. 24.99. Yeah, so after tax it was Well, actually I... It says Adventure on the
0: front cover of the Dragon Spire of a uh, Dragon of Ice Spire You'll get it. You'll get adventure there. Adventure book. It says Adventure singular. I want that to say adventures, plural, because all it is is a collection of a bunch of one shot adventures.
1: I, I agree with you 100 percent there. All
0: right, sorry. Is it worth it Put for 25.
1: 24 for twenty five bucks? Hell yeah. Okay. I would drop twenty five bucks on this, no problem.
0: I really just really like the Fandolin map. <laughs> I think this is the the map for Fandolin is great. Yeah. Because on one side of it, like this is just like player facing. You can unfold it, and you can be like, all right, you guys are in Fandolin. And you guys are gonna make your way over to Coneyberry, and like they can see like the path that they're going to take yeah. along the Tribor Trail, and like they can be like, "Oh, actually, I want to go into the forest over here." And there's also a, on the other side of the map, it's Fandolin. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, uh, it's is, a nice prop, exactly. And so, I think what I already praised it before. <laughs> you did. You really like you're a map maps and rules. Yes, I can't draw them, but I really like them. <laughs> so, I would say that for the rules book and the adventure itself, adventures adventures for ice spire peak adventures yes thank you i would say yeah if that was it i'd be like yeah i guess it's worth that amount of money i mean i would feel like you could get you know the ice spire peak adventures on D D beyond for like 9.99 you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's what it would cost there. the other rules book is good i think what pushes it over for me to say yes go ahead and get this because especially if you're you know starting off is all the little add-ons that they threw in there because they did such a great job on them. The like you said, the map which you love. Yep. The, you know, the DM screen for a beginner. Beautiful, decent layout. It's great. The cards are fantastic. You know, and they spent the time to 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 even down to the little details like we talked about before, the heavy card stock that they put the blank character sheets on. Those little things for me, push it over the edge where it's like, fuck yeah, it's worth the money. Because well, I, I think it will draw in people. They're like, this is great because they see a quality product mm-hmm. that will make them want to buy a player's handbook and then be disappointed on how it's laid out.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the only concern, I mean, for 25 bucks, I would have liked if they had done spell cards or something like that to uh, warrant <laughs> the $5 difference between the Star set and the essentials kit. But I, th- I think it is a, a give you solid the, product where you have a lot of cool kind of peripheral type stuff
1: to go along with it. You get $1 oh. dice with both sets. Ooh. yeah. Uh,
0: actually, you get more dice with this
1: set than the starter set. You, that's right, you do.
0: I am curious, though, if they're going to drop the price from uh, 25 down to 20 because the starter set is 20 And when people are looking between the two, uh, I was like, I just want to get into D&D. This one says starter, and it's cheaper. I'm going to go with this one. That's a good point. Uh, so I'm curious as to what they're gonna do with that between like the essentials kit and starter set because essentials kit kind of more sounds like it's uh for you people who have it. played this yeah. before the starter set is for people that are just getting into it so i'm I, i'm I'm curious as to how they're going to you know marketing yeah like market it and especially with one being five dollars more than the other one new player like new brand new dm brand new players are gonna yeah. be like I think we're supposed to get the starter set because it says starter.
1: Well, I think they could. I think it, it maybe is something as simple as okay, we have the starter set, and then they threw out the Stranger Things starter set. Yeah. And th- th- was there a third starter set? Uh,
0: no, this, this is the third.
1: Okay. Thing. So they may have been like, eh, it may seem like we're trying to do too much of a money wow. grab, so we'll give it a new name, even though it's the exact same fucking thing. Well, maybe it should be like Beginner's Box or something like that. Yeah, there you go.
0: I, I think that would have been better for the new things because then, you know, people are like, well, I'm a beginner. I should do this. And starter set, maybe that's something else. And, you
1: know, it's a marketing strategy. I yeah. I, I agree with you on that.
0: I I, I don't know. Uh, with it being $25, where it's like all other starter sets are like $20, bucks. i am like, uh, they may drop it. But
1: the, you do get more, but yeah. they don't.
0: And it's only available at Target for right now until yeah. September when
1: it goes to everywhere, but still, it's just like, ah. That, well, you'll be able to get it for twenty bucks on Amazon because they can just buy eight million of them and sell it for whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but here's the thing: I would rather buy this now with my experience than spending. I mean, fuck! How much did go? How much does Saltmarsh Marsh cost? Uh,
0: it's fifty from game stores, and it's probably like thirty to forty on yeah. Amazon.
1: Yeah, I'd rather spend my money on this than mm-hmm. buy one of those books. I, I just would even right now. I I bought this so we could do the review, but I'd spend the money on this versus buying Dragon Heist for crying out loud.
0: Well, mm-hmm. Drag. Mm-hmm. yeah, or
1: I won't go into that one.
0: Yeah, I still have feelings about it.
1: So yeah. even though it's been a year, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so I think it's worth the money. I would definitely, I recommend, especially for new players, going out and buying it. If you've been playing for a long time, no, don't 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 get it unless you know you want unless you've got wait till september and you got yeah. 20 bucks to burn you can go get it on amazon you can look through those one shots and be like "Ooh, i can adapt this for my game right yeah now. i mean
0: it yeah. definitely i'm 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 already like oh cool well if you guys ever do something weird i can just pull from my memory and just you can, draw I, a random I, I build just like have goofy gnomes no yeah. no yeah. <laughs> yeah uh also there's like five uh, there's probably like five new stat blocks
1: yeah if that um, so if you just want new stat blocks, uh, don't, don't yeah. worry about it. Well, and uh, so before we wrap up, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to comment on?
0: Uh, it's interesting to me um, that there's wear rats and one of the um, and yeah. one of the adventures because while they're only CR two, they're also immune to non-magical bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage. Now, of course, you get a magic weapon somewhere along the adventure. Maybe if you take that quest. So, I mean players might encounter were rats and be like i'm going to attack them oh shit yeah. <laughs> wizard <laughs> yeah and and if it's like a single player
1: like you know that well i guess you're dying in that mind yeah, it's like well this is a good opportunity to learn how running away works because
0: yeah, they're evil creatures they're i are. mean they're the, the idea that they're just going to be like well you attacked me but you know you realize you couldn't actually hurt me it's fine it's like no
1: i'm just yeah. forgiveness is part yeah. of my life i'm gonna bite the shit out of you
0: yeah uh, that that seems a little weird to me. Uh, that that it's like maybe they wanted to introduce werewolves, but they're like, oh, it's too
1: powerful. Let's go. <laughs> oh, we can't do that. That uh, uh, that just uh, that
0: that that seemed like a weird monster choice to me to include in this. But
1: yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I think I've covered beaten the dead horse on how yeah. I feel about it. Which I, I'm amazed. I actually feel more positive than you do overall. Not that you're saying really anything negative about it, but overall, I. I Felt a little more positive about it than than you did. I know. It's well, shocking.
0: They also, which I find hilarious. Uh, so, of course, you can find a plus one weapon, uh, either mace, longbow, battle axe, short sword, or a, and then you can also find a plus one shield. But they also have uh, a dragon slayer sword. So they are piling up these new characters yeah. that aren't very high level with a bunch of loot. So I feel a little vindicated with how much magic items I <laughs> <they> give you.
1: <laughs> yeah no i like the magic items i mean uh, we're running what two different campaigns one's a low magic campaign one's a high magic campaign yep they both have merit uh, but i'm level five and i have a potion of invisibility and a potion else. of water breathing i have a potion of visibility and a potion of water breathing See, you have two magic items yeah it i i think that i picked the I don't. We just. Got we also few, came in late to that. Yeah, campaign. we also got a few magic items, and none of them really did anything for me. So I let the rest of the party have them. That's on me. If i had wanted them, I could have said, "Hey, I would like to use that." I'm also playing a paladin, so I'm having fun just walking up and hitting the shit out of stuff and smiting things. I don't really. I feel like smite is almost is my substitution for having a magic item, and it doesn't bother me at all. Oh, but really? this does validate, you know magic items. Yeah, well, and it's
0: interesting cuz 5e is always just like, "Oh yeah, you don't need to provide magic items right. at all." And here they are like, "Here's a plus 1 sword. Oh, before you fight the dragon, here's a dragon slayer sword." It's just like, "Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> We're going all in here."
1: So, before we leave, one one plug uh for our newest patron, uh GM Binder. Oh, yes. Is our newest patron and uh thank you very much. When I was looking at the stat blocks, I realized what a fucking great job they do at what they do. How you can do homebrew stat blocks that look identical. I mean identical to the ones that are in the books. That's pretty fucking impressive to me. If you haven't used GM Binder and you want to, you know, create your own stuff, go to them immediately and start, you know, start using it. Uh you started using the uh watercolors is that what you were messing around with the other day?
0: Yeah, there's um there's a helpful guide if you want to make really uh, official-looking. Um, uh, like that, right? Yeah, similar to that. Um, uh, official-looking documents, then uh, there's like a guide to watercoloring mm-hmm. in GM Binder and how you can go about getting that watercolor effect on the images and stuff. I'll, I'll add a link to it.
1: Yeah, and it, again, it's we talked about it before. Being able to use something like GM Binder and be able to add the art and have the options to do all these things. If you're putting something on DMs Guild or you're trying to sell it on you know, your site through yourself, first impressions are huge. So that's my plug uh, for that. Yep, you get one plug a week. There we go. Anything else before we end? This one we're not going to do a homebrew on. I think the GM binder plug uh, is our homebrew on. If you like doing homebrew, use them. Sound good? Because we've already... I mean, God, I only don't even want to know how long <laughs> we've recorded right
0: now. So before we go, uh, follow us on Twitter at Twitter slash stat dump. Stat underscore dump. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, and our website, of course, Dumpside Adventures. Uh, and uh, if you like what we do here, join the Patreon. Uh, $3 tier and up. You can listen to our new uh, one-on-one adventure between Chris and myself as we explore Radagasc I'm, and the world of
1: Greyhawk. I am the DM yeah it's awesome god hey you got to admit when you walked into the nobles area of town and they had the 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 globes the street the lamps slopes, yes you like that
0: yeah it was very nice you did a good solid first
1: episode except I... you were bit you're still bitter that i forgot what the odds were on
0: the it's okay i got my money back join us on patreon we'd love to have you
1: all right steven say goodbye